You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. When you think about how a movie trailer sounds, what comes to mind? Does it sound something like this? In a land of eternal beauty and infinite mystery, a legend was born. This is the trailer from the 2000 film Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. In it, you have all of the ingredients of a classic trailer. The story of a warrior. Including the legendary voice of Don LaFontaine. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The only thing that could possibly take this trailer over the top is the classic intro, In a World. In a world without gas. In a world that's powered by violence. In a world of falafel. This is the classic recipe for a movie trailer, right? Well, not really. Movie trailers don't really sound like that anymore. A boomy voice of God is pretty rare nowadays. Trailers now really sound a lot more like this. And you've got this sound that can only be described as the bouge. You know, the bouge. You usually hear it before or after the more obvious blah. And after listening to this episode, you'll start hearing the bouge everywhere. The bouge is a term that I think we we just made it up. It's the term that we use for the subwoofer shaking low frequency drops that usually happen at about the peak of some catastrophic event in a trailer. That's Craven Morehouse, co-creator of The Arl Knots. It's a YouTube channel that uses sound to make fun of and recontextualize films and trailers. We like to make sound a little more transparent to the point of creating something comical, but also to highlight how important sound can actually be. The bouge can also be called a bass drop or a sub drop. Today, you can count on the bouge occurring in just about every suspenseful action movie trailer. I'm going in. To us in the trailer, that's when you're seeing the biggest thing happen. This would be a planet exploding or a building collapsing. So why do so many trailers use the bouge and other super aggressive sound effects? You have to consider that trailers are a form of advertising. That's James DeVille, a music professor at Carleton University. His project is called Trailorality and it studies the effects of music and sound in movie trailers. As a form of advertising, they're convincing people of going to movies. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good, though. And people should be aware of the power of music and sound in uh, trying to uh, persuade them. The movie industry brings in around $40 billion a year, and that's in the U.S. alone. It's a giant, highly competitive business. Every second of sound and music is maxed out to keep your attention. To really prove how much sound can change the tone of a movie trailer, you don't have to go very far. Simply searching for a recut trailer on YouTube brings up a ton of amazing fan-made trailers. Some of these are serious, but tons are taking a film in one genre and making it seem like it came out of another. Take, for example, this Elf trailer, where it's turned into a thriller. All right, uh, 
Let's get it over with. I'm Buddy the Elf. And here's a trailer for Dumb and Dumber, but with the score from the Inception trailer. <laughs> I'm talking about a little place called Aspen. On the other end of the spectrum, here's a trailer that perfectly parodies 90s family drama trailers, but it's for The Shining. Meet Jack Torrance. I'm outlining a new writing project. He's a writer looking for inspiration. Lots of ideas. No good ones. Meet Danny. He's a kid looking for a dad. There's hardly anybody to play with around here. What's up, Doc? These parodies prove just how critical sound is in a trailer. However, trailers obviously didn't always sound like this. So, let's rewind and go on a journey from the very first trailers to the ones we know today. The very first trailer in a movie theater came in 1913, in New York City. Interestingly, this trailer wasn't even for a movie. It was for a Broadway musical called The Pleasure Seekers. But this idea of creating a trailer quickly swept the movie industry. Soon, theater projectionists everywhere were adding them to the end of their film reels. Hence the word trailers. They were traditionally at the end of the main feature. Early on, before sound could be married to picture, trailers were accompanied by music, with big lines of text appearing on screen between key scenes. These giant lines of text were the early form of a narrator. It gave all of the necessary plot points. Of course, this was mainly because films didn't have dialogue yet. But even after dialogue came to films, trailers kinda remained the same. That was because, basically, only one company was making all of the trailers. In the 1920s, even before sound, there was one company that managed to gain a monopoly by signing various studios to create trailers, the National Screen Services, NSS. So by the time sound comes, they're creating most of the trailers. With the addition of sound and films, the NSS added an iconic element to trailers, voiceover narration. Casablanca. City of hope and despair, located in French Morocco in North Africa. The meeting place of adventurers, fugitives, criminals, refugees, lured into this danger-swept oasis by the hope of escape to the Americas. But the NSS was formulaic. The narration, music, and titles all looked and sounded the same. There was a fairly strong uniformity across the boards, and the kind of music that they would use starting in the 30s then tended to be very dramatic. But these were also tracks that would wander from one trailer to another. Everything changed when the NSS lost its monopoly. This was around the mid-50s when boutique trailer houses started popping up. This new competition pushed trailer editors to get more creative. Pardon me, sir, but what are you looking at? Is that by any chance the picture called the Pink Panther? They would contract out sound and music from independent producers of music. The trailer house then would license the music they need for the trailer. They would produce the trailer and then send it to the studio. Fast forward to the 80s, and suddenly the same booming narrator voices are popping up everywhere. There were two voiceover artists who 
had probably 90% of the market in the 80s and 90s and in the 2000s. Hal Douglas and Don LaFontaine. I'm sure you'll remember these voices. This is Hal Douglas. Men in black, protecting the earth from the scum of the universe. And this is Don LaFontaine. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. These two voices dominated trailers for decades. But from the year 2000 to 2010, these voice of God type of narrators pretty much disappeared. The movie industry had used this formula for so long. It was becoming so obviously cliche to both the public and the film industry. It was Jerry Seinfeld that might have been the one to finally kill off the classic movie trailer voice. The trailer for his 2002 film Comedian basically made fun of the entire trailer industry. It starred none other than Hal Douglas poking fun at himself. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Oh? Okay. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... I don't think so. In a land before time. It's about a comedian, Jack. The other thing that killed narration in trailers was the internet. Before YouTube, people only really saw trailers at the movies. They only had one shot. The narration helped audiences get the story in a single viewing. Today, we tend to watch trailers multiple times. There's a lot less need for narration. So now, because of all this, the sound effects and music started to take a more prominent place in trailers. For example, that iconic bois noise you've heard in every trailer since inception. It has a ton of variations. Pair these epic effects with the cover of a well-known song, and you've got yourself some movie trailer magic. The world. To get people on board with this trailer, we're going to recontextualize something to get you excited. So oftentimes people will do orchestral or symphonically you know, trailerized versions of a popular song and usually an unexpected song. The cover song trope started becoming popular around 2010. Here's a Belgian girls choir cover of Radiohead's Creep for the social network. That was perhaps the cover song that really started that revolution. This trailer was so popular that producers hired the same choir to do covers for many other trailers. Here they are covering Metallica's Nothing Else Matters that was featured in the Zero Dark Thirty trailer. And here's Gang of Youth covering David Bowie's Heroes in the Justice League trailer. And here's Destiny's Child Survivor in the Tomb Raider trailer. Now, when I hear it, I think, not again. 
These movie trailer cliches are so common that it's easy to parody. And it's not just the bouge or the bois or the cover song, but it goes even deeper. I think what happened was we just started noticing certain tropes that were used so ubiquitously that it was becoming funny to us. Trailers have become so formulaic that Craven and his Arlnauts partner Zach Kuntz decided to pack them all into one glorious mega-parody trailer. We'll deconstruct that trailer, as well as teach you how to make your very own bouge after this. There's a new podcast from Wondery that I think you're going to love. It's called Class of 88. Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture, influencing every genre of music from country to K-pop. But it wasn't always like that. And the story of how that changed can be traced back to a single year, 1988. From Wondery and Audible comes Class of 88, a new podcast hosted by Will Smith about the one game-changing year that sparked the world's obsession with rap and hip-hop. Before 1988, a lot of people didn't take hip-hop seriously. They said it was a fad, or it was only for teenagers who were rebelling against their parents. But hip-hop today touches everything from film to fashion to sports. So what changed? Will Smith walks you through the historical moments and milestones from that year. He's also interviewed superstars who lived through that time, like Public Enemy, salt and Peppa, Queen Latifah, and Chuck D. Follow Class of 88 on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also binge every episode of Class of 88 early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Here's this week's mystery sound. And here it is again. If you think you know this sound, tell us at mystery.20k.org. And if you get it right, you'll be entered to win a super soft 20,000 hertz t-shirt. Stick around to the end of the show to hear the results of last episode's mystery sound. Why is finding a doctor so hard? I end up spending forever Googling the right specialist, reading the reviews, and by the time I actually book an appointment, I feel exhausted. But with ZocDoc, that super complicated process becomes super simple. And that's why I use it. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you. Once you've found one you like, you can instantly book an appointment with them online. You shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get the care you need right away. For me, I'd rather spend that time on better things, like making this podcast. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. Sometimes you can even snag an appointment on the same day. Overall, it's a convenient, straightforward platform that I can recommend. Go to ZocDoc.com 20K and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom slash 20K. ZocDoc.com slash 20K. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search. And that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. But it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. 
With Indeed's smart matching engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're in an age of the biggest and boomiest trailers ever. These trailers sometimes try so hard to be so epic that they border on self-parody. Craven Morehouse and Zach Kuntz make silly videos using sound for their YouTube channel. They're collectively known as the Arlnauts. In some ways, we're trying to make a commentary that does have some comedic value, but also gets people possibly interested in what the function of sound is. In the 80s and 90s, trailers were dominated by deep, gravelly-voiced narrators. Now, we're in a sea of bois and bouges. We just were thinking that people were leaning on that sound effect just too hard. But there is no denying how cool it can be when it happens. You know, you feel it in your core. Our brains are wired to have a survival response to strong, low frequencies. Low-frequency sounds trigger fear responses, like rumbling thunder or a lion roar. But how exactly is this sound made? The fundamental of most bouges are made by some sort of basic wave, a common choice being a sine wave, which has no harmonics. Then you give it a nice smooth pitch down. But you could also use a square wave, a sawtooth wave, or a triangle wave. But that's just the bones of bouge creation. Sound designers can make them a bit punchier by adding a kick. A bit more aggressive by adding distortion. Or you could add a chorus or double it. The bouge possibilities are seemingly endless. Craven and Zach made a YouTube video called How to Make a Blockbuster Movie Trailer. In it, they explore all of the tropes you tend to see in a modern trailer. Of course, we have the bouge, but as they dove deeper into these sonic tropes, they discovered more and more. So right out of the gate, we start with the single note trope. Which feels like a good way to get the viewer on board with something that is possibly foreign to them. So right at eight seconds, we introduce another sound effect beyond the single note, which is the low bois. Usually the low bois is sort of the call and response to the single note trope. Dialogue has its tropes too. So the thing that we're trying to juggle here, obviously, with adding dialogue is to give the viewer the impression that this template crosses many levels. Have you ever wondered about this particular thing? Because it turns out that that thing is real. At about this point in the trailer, oftentimes the music that has been following, you know, the action thus far in the trailer then blossoms into what is a recognizable cover of a song that typically has not been covered before. We landed on You Spin Me Around because that song is so hyper ridiculous and awesome. The idea that it would be used 
as the most dramatic song for a trailer was about as abstractly ridiculous as we could get. It just immediately felt perfectly stupid. You get people hooked and then you, you do some sort of tonal shift that introduces a problem or a bad guy or some sort of conflict. You didn't think it would be that easy, did you? When you have a rhythm, a pulse going, and then it's da, 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 da. The triplet can be really effective, but for some reason in trailers, that's the hottest thing ever, is a triplet locked to like visuals, snapping in at the same moment. The climax of the trailer is punctuated by not one, but two bouges. I don't think I'm the one. I'm not the person who can stop this thing. You are that person. Now take my hand! Run! It's like, why a second bouge? Like, that's as ridiculous as, as it can get. After the double bouge rise, it's time to start bringing this trailer home. So, of course, everything has to build to a head. The music will pause, breathe for a minute, and usually within that breath, sonically, there's a character bite. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. We went with the secondary statement from a bad guy. I am the reaction. And then give you that last single note smash in the face for the title reveal. One final iteration of the chorus, which even feels more stupid. While trailers are boomier than ever before, this certainly isn't the first time that they've all sounded the same. The 30s had many of the same overly dramatic music tracks. The 80s and 90s were dominated by two deep, aggressive voices. Today's trailers have the bois and the bouge. With that in mind, what will future trailers sound like? I'd like to see more original music and music that doesn't sound like it's taken off of the shelf and reused. Usually what happens is somebody does something way outside the box and then people latch onto it and then it just becomes the new thing that people are doing. You can almost imagine some movie trailer producers watching that video and saying, okay, these guys just blew it for the next six months <laughs> for us. <laughs> and now here's how to make a blockbuster movie trailer by Oral Knots in its entirety. Have you ever wondered about this particular thing? Because it turns out that that thing is real. thing I referred to earlier, well, it's happening, and it will destroy us all. Someone has to stop this thing. And that someone is you. You didn't think it would be that easy, did you? 
I'm the one. I'm not the person who can stop this thing. You are that person. Now take my hand! Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making bouges and bois for television, film, and games. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Abigail Barr and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Jai Berger. Thanks to our guests, James Deville and Craven Morehouse. James's trailer dissecting project can be found at trailerality.com. Craven Morehouse is one of the co-creators of the Arlnauts, and you can find their channel at youtube.com slash You can find their fake movie trailer that inspired this episode on our website, 20k.org. Thanks to Rishi K. Shearway from the podcast Song Exploder for reading the introduction to the full Arlnauts trailer. Song Exploder is a podcast where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made. I've been a huge fan from the very beginning, and you should totally go subscribe to it. All of the non-trailer music in this episode was from our friends at Musicbed. Check them out at musicbed.com. Lastly, what's your favorite bouge, bois, or reimagined cover song from a trailer? Tell us on Twitter, Facebook, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>